I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded. Here to talk to you today about Botanical Week. Have they done a Botanical Week in the past? I feel like they haven't. And I kind of love it. I think this was a really fun theme. Yeah, I did too. I also think it's a challenging one because we've talked about in the past how hard it is to find that balance with botanical flavors where, and they did talk about it, like if it's too strong, it tastes like soap. If it's not strong enough, it has no flavor. Right, things really get lost. And with it being, I don't know, and those kind of floral flavors are really, there's just like a fine line between not enough and too much. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that people are very particular with these flavors. (laughs) Yes. I am somebody who can go with a lot of rose, and Solomon gets a whiff in it in anything, and he's like, don't want to eat it. Yeah. Whoa, okay, well. I might be a little heavy-handed, but he is very sensitive to it. It felt like so many of the critiques were about if they could even taste the botanicals. Which really surprised me. I, jumping ahead a little bit, about had a heart attack when Dana was like, I'm going to put so much rose in and they're going to taste it. And I was like, nobody that ever has that attitude around rose does it right. And it, like, nothing. I know. They still didn't taste it. That is just like, blowing my mind. Kind of back to the taste your food. Are they, They're making like jellies and mousses and I'm sure there's other fancy names that I don't know. <laughs> but are they not tasting that? <laughs> I mean, they must not be because I don't know how, like just stick the back of a spoon in and lick it and then wash it and dry it and you've got another taster. Like they're, Yeah. Taste your food. Because, yeah, like go small first, right? You know, kind of like add some taste, add some taste because you don't want to do too much. But I'm just kind of really surprised how many of the reviews were we can't taste the spices, we can't taste the floral, we can't. Yeah, that's shocking to me. And I think, too, even if you end up with like a baked good and you taste it and it's not enough, there are things you can do sort of on the back end with simple syrups or frostings, anything like that to help like accentuate those flavors. And the fact that they did none of that just kind of blew me away. Rookie mistakes. And I feel like that's I mean, on the other end, the showstoppers were incredible looking. So rookie mistake, but holy shit, also so talented. (laughs) Right? Um, Anytime there's a floral jelly on top of anything, I'm just like, wow. I know, the floral jelly. That looks so satisfying to stick those things in and pull them out. Right. I want to do that. Let's do it. That should be just like a baking project. I don't even like eating jelly. I would be really sad if that was my dessert, but I do want to make it. But what a showstopper, literally. Truly, yeah, I'm I'm excited. To, I'm actually really excited about this episode generally. Um, starting with the signature challenge of basically making cinnamon rolls. Yeah, so 12 spiced buns. Um, it's confusing to me because they weren't described as sticky buns. So in the UK, I guess spiced buns is um, synonymous. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Synonymous with sticky buns? Because I don't think that's the case here. 
No, a sticky bun in my mind is where it's baked with like a brown sugar caramel nut on top. And then when it's done, you flip it over and you've got like a caramelly nutty top. Yeah, exactly. Not, which is not a cinnamon roll. Yeah, but they, so they announced it as the signature bake being a spiced bun and they all needed to look the same. So 12 similar <laughs> looking spiced buns. And then after the fact, Prue described it as a sticky bun. And I was like, wait, 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 that was not said. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they, that's the American version of a cinnamon roll. Um, this challenge looked delicious. Yes, this was the challenge I think so far I have been the absolute most excited about. I literally would probably eat everybody. Yeah, everything looked, I was drooling. I, I definitely was salivating when they were tasting them, especially I think Christie's were the most impressive with how thinly she rolled them. I am so inspired. I love making cinnamon rolls and I have never, I think I panic and I am like worried my bread's going to deflate. So I'm just like, roll those suckers out, get them in the oven. But I want to start like taking the time to really roll that thin and get that kind of spiral that she had because that looked so good. It looked incredible. And let's like be real. Our favorite part of the cinnamon bun is when you get closer to the center and it is a tighter roll. So you have more like cinnamon, sugar, butter, nuttiness to bread ratio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you really want to fuel your uh, cinnamon roll wet dreams, I really do recommend watching the first episode of the Holiday Baking Championship this year. Oh, okay. The first challenge is cinnamon rolls and like they are next level unreal. Even compared to these guys, and I feel like everybody on the Great British Bake Off was very talented, and these rolls just, wow. So if you want to enjoy some more cinnamon rolls. I mean, always. Yeah. Maybe while I'm eating one, so I'm not drooling as vigorously. True. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about the specific signatures. Did anybody stand out to you? Well, yeah, Chrissy, or Christy, excuse me. Yeah, I just thought that the tech, like her flavor profile was pretty basic, but also I felt like she went harder in the technical aspect of it. So I was just very impressed with what she delivered. Um, I think Tasha's mold wine glazed ones, I was like nervous for her, but she pulled it off. Tasha knows what she's doing. She's kind of pushing the envelope over there subtly. And like, that's, that's so cool. I love that. Paul was asking her hard questions and she, she was just like, uh, guess we'll see. And he's yeah. like, what? I'm the person that gets to say that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love it when Paul's ass is thrown back at him. He deserves it tenfold. You can, tell, you can just tell he respects her so much. Just in the way he like looks at her, the question he asks her. There's just a different dynamic with his conversations with Tasha than there are with other bakers. I would agree with that. I think she's also arguably one of the most talented bakers to like come through here. Oh, wow. She's like, I don't know. She's so consistent. She's so, I mean, I know she's had some off weeks, but I really do feel like she's got a knack for this kind of stuff. She's going to go far. She's Even if she doesn't make it to the end of this, I think we're going to see her again. And she's very easy to cheer for. I think she's just delightful. Yeah. She's, she knows she's talented, but she's also humble yeah. and recognizes that it's up to the baking gods someday how things go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Christie's for me really stood out. I also love that she put pecans in it. I am a big sucker for pecans. Yes, that texture. And that does kind of feel reminiscent of a sticky bun to me a little bit. I mean, I guess cinnamon rolls can also have nuts in them, but like I haven't had many that do. 
My mom would make them with nuts growing up. And okay. I know some people put raisins in them, which... That ruins cinnamon rolls. Yeah, I don't really want them with raisins, but... Don't do that. Um, Can we just talk about how sometimes, as talented as Dan is, I'm like, yeah. your flavor story, is, you are overly complicating something that doesn't need to be... Like, I don't know. He's always like taking us on a journey. And sometimes it totally pays off and I'm glad I'm on the ship to that journey. And other times I'm just like, Dan, just like, yeah, don't try so hard. I guess that would be one of the roles that even though I, I know his flavors were good and they were really excited about it, I don't want to eat a fig on top of my cinnamon roll. Yeah. And I mean, they, they were pretty, but I think that the figs were part of the reason why the layer of buns were uneven. Mm -hmm. Um. And I don't know. I just feel like he's always going somewhere crazy. And it's like, dude, why don't you just knock it out of the park with some basic things? You know, like, I don't want to say basic, but like, okay. yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. Keep it simple. Not basic. I feel this way a lot about baking when I see things that are overly complex. Like, there's nothing that compares to a really simple, well-baked thing. So, yeah, yeah I'm kind of with you there. Um I, yeah, I'm trying to think if anybody else really stood out to me. I liked Josh's lemon and blueberry. Oh, yeah. That's the one I was going to bring up. Because um, I was like, that doesn't even sound like a spiced bun. I know that he was saying he soaked the blueberry, the dried blueberries in like a cinnamon syrup. Right. And that's interesting to me because I don't feel like that is often like, that's not really what goes in like a blueberry muffin. It's more of like a white mix, not with cinnamon. So I, right. I, the idea of that is very interesting to me. And it was interesting in Paul's critique of that, that he was like, you can't really taste the blueberries. The blueberries were just um, kind of carrying the cinnamon. And I was, like, I was like, well, Paul, it is a spice challenge. <laughs> It's yeah. not about the blueberry. Right, exactly. Did he not meet the... <laughs> if you can taste the cinnamon, I feel like he got the job done. Yeah, he did it. Um, see, you got to use your apple-flavored blueberry so that you get that blueberry flavor to come through. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, his were... I liked the look of his, too. I feel like I have tried to do similar things, and they were not as effective with frosting. So props to him for, for doing that. And honestly... All of these bakers, I know not all of their stuff was exactly right in size. And I just want to say, I think that that is so hard to do with bread. Yeah. Like, basically impossible. Um, I was really impressed with Saku's twisted buns. I thought that the texture and the, I guess, I don't know if it's actually plating, but I thought whatever she did with her buns, they looked so fancy. Oh, yeah. That twist was really a, a beautiful... So effective. Right? I yeah. just thought that those were so stunning. It seemed like the overall critique on a lot of people's buns that people weren't getting the consistent sizes. So I'm glad you brought up how technically challenging that is. Well, because part of it is, is like if you've got any unevenness in your oven, bread is so sensitive to temperature that like something will inevitably rise more than something else, mm -hmm. more so than like you would see cookies do. So I think to get bread to be uniform like that, yeah, it's, you can't uh, make mistakes in your measurements. And I think that's actually all probably Saku did wrong with that was forgetting that she counted in uh, millimeters and then cut in inches. Yeah. Not a good move, but otherwise very striking. So. Ah, uh, bread is so unforgiving. But then we move to cake in the technical. Yes. Um, 
that cake looks so good to me. You know, I'm not really a citrus dessert person, but I really love the idea of like a lemon sage or a lemon thyme or a lemon rosemary. And so... Yeah, the thyme was so interesting. Yeah, if there was enough thyme in it where it wasn't just a lemon cake, I would be down to try it. Yeah, I agree. I think that, yeah, the thyme really... It, I love the idea. I, people I've been following uh, with baking have been putting that in like pie crusts, which Ooh, also yeah. seems so smart yeah. to me. Like I need to use more herbs in my my baked goods. I think that that's a really good, not savory, but it adds an interesting element of flavor to a baked good that is a little more unusual. Like what about sage and like a pumpkin pie crust? Yes. That sounds really good. The sage and butternut squash are basically a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. So sage and pumpkin pie also probably yes. Yeah, I think I also love when sponge cakes are soaked in a syrup, mm-hmm. which I mean just makes them incredibly moist and have a whole other flavor element. Uh, so I don't, I don't remember. Sorry, I was kind of rushed watching this week, but yeah, I think any time a, a a molded cake specifically is soaked in a syrup and then you put the glaze on top, it's such a great texture of you know, the the moistness of the cake and then the crusty outside, but then the finesse of the glaze. I was going to say, that's one of the things I love so much about bunt cakes is I feel like you do get that really crispy exterior. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it builds that crust. And yeah, with this, the soak, when you put that on, oh yeah, texturally, that is a very good cake. Because I'm definitely a frosting person. I know Jess isn't, but I think that the syrup and the glaze to me, like, is creating this what the frosting does. Yeah. If that makes sense. That does make sense. Texturally, I mean, you just, yeah. Mm. So good. Um, I was kind of surprised that more people struggled with this. Like, I get it, but also it just seems like it's always the thing that you think is simple that's not, but. That's fair. I don't know. I've also not ever had, and maybe you have, I've not had my bunt cakes come out so uneven like they were having. I haven't either. That makes me like question the ovens in the tent yeah, more than anything. Because like, like how is that even on the bakers if something like literally bakes so uneven one side to the other like that? Like that's not on them. That's a great point. That is not on Saku. <laughs> no, I like half the cake being done tells me that there's something half wrong with your oven. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess unless you rotate the cake in the middle, but that's also dangerous because then your cake can fall. Oh, yeah. I struggle to have cakes that don't fall. That is like cake is the bane of my existence for that reason. Why? Well, you, you've been getting so much better with your cakes. It's still, it is tricky. And yeah, you can't be messing around with the oven <laughs> while you're baking cakes. I was dying over Maddie trying to figure out the egg white with the candy time. <laughs> Did he? I don't. I don't feel like he got I it. I don't think he figured he it like out. really. He yeah. <laughs> he was like scraping a lump of egg whites and I green. Know, stuff it's like off. he cooked the egg white with the herb. I don't know. Yeah, that was a nightmare. I'm like, <laughs> come on, Maddie. Really? Yeah. And you dredge stuff in an egg and then flour to like fry it. Like, how do you not have this kind of like? information knocking around in your brain like coated in egg white coated in sugar I will say I've candied things before but I haven't done the egg white but I think I would have connected the dots of like oh it needs to be candied so it needs to be covered in something wet and that's the that's like the purpose of Mm -hmm. the egg white yeah 
But I don't know. Also, I can respect that in high pressure situations, I too probably make dumb decisions. Like your brain just can't complete a thought. So it happens. Uh, Christy coming in first though with this. She is. And thank goodness, because if she hadn't, can you imagine her falling apart during the showstopper? It would have been even worse. The showstopper was really hard to watch. Yeah. And so, like, thank God she had, I mean, both the first and, sorry, both the signature and the technical challenge, she was doing awesome. Yeah. And I'm not sure she, I, I can't imagine a broken chocolate shell being the thing that, like, sends you home. I don't know. I mean, Paul would make a snarky comment about it, but then if the inside is good. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, as long as your botanical flavors come through, that's the most important part. Yeah, especially when you've got other people kind of fucking up along the way. You're good. But also, high-pressure situation, hard to tell. Um, do we want to move on to the showstopper? Um, I kind of interrupted you, but Christy got first. Oh, yeah. Josh got second. And Dan came in third. Yeah. And unfortunately... um. Tasha got last, and Dana got sixth. So Dana kind of struggled the first two challenges in her sticky buns. As soon as she said she wasn't putting any of the spice in the dough, I kind of knew that she was shooting herself in the foot with that. Yeah, because cinnamon rolls are doughy. So, like, if you really want a flavor to be punchy. Yeah, so she was relying on the filling. I don't know. That was just risky. Yeah. And then she got six and then technical. So yeah, I was feeling nervous for her. Not pay off. Um, yeah, not great. Um, showstopper. Showstopper. Wow. I will just say this was probably one of the most technically impressive showstoppers. I agree. I, I don't know how to do half the things that they did. Same. Same. I mean, partly I don't like gelatin, so I'm not inclined to make gelatin-based desserts, and I do feel like that's much more of a, well, it's a fancy person thing. Entremets typically have some sort of gelatin or gelée element, um, but I also feel like Europe does this more than we do over here in America. So, like, I don't need it a ton, but, man, do I respect it. That would be terrifying to, like, turn your gelatin upside down. Oh, my gosh. flip it out to see if you did the thing. Oh, my gosh. It's also interesting Paul and Prue have multiple times called out someone for serving them more of a dessert than a cake or I don't know. There's been a few times they've mentioned this. And so, you know, over here, it's just like, that's fucking dessert. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's one category. Yeah. But is there sugar in it? It's a dessert. Yeah. In Europe, though, it seems like these things with mousses and jellies and gelatins are considered more of a dessert whereas a cake is an entirely different category yeah that's wild to me that's a that's a high standards they have puds that i guess that would be a dessert (laughs) it would be a dessert (laughs) they're very specific yeah i i just thought that was really interesting um any of these showstoppers stand out um maybe we should do looks and flavors separately yeah um yeah Dana's was spectacular. Yeah. That box and that cake. I mean, so like modern art. If somebody brought that to my house, I wouldn't even care how it tasted. Right? The fact that, I mean, oh man, I know she had a hard um, signature and technical, but when she delivered that beautiful sugared box, yeah. I thought that that would save her. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That sealed the deal. She was good. Uh, but no. Um, 
who else stuck out to me? I thought Saku's was really stunning too. Her design in the uh, the gelatin was. I will say, yeah, it was stunning. Watching her, she almost like just like <gasps> manhandled it, where she's like, "I'm not very graceful," and then she just like, I know, flopped it on there. I I held my breath. Oh, I did too. You guys, <laughs> I expect what? that on Junior Great British Bake Off, like just. Getting your hands in there and manhandling things. Saku should know better. Oh Rowan should also know better. Like, you guys, slow, deliberate movements, please. Meanwhile, you have Josh, like, scraping his, like, edge by edge or centimeter by centimeter, like, onto his cake <laughs> so, so gently. And Saku's just like, well, plop. <laughs> and she... It only broke a little bit, but man, I was like, you were so lucky that only broke that much. Yeah. That could have been a tragedy. For sure. For sure. Man, yeah. I Earlier today, I was like walking, holding my phone, and I half ran into the wall, and like my phone went flying, and it really <laughs> surprised me that it like flew out of my hand. So when you're doing stuff like that with baked goods, there's also the like the possibility of you just like fucking it up really bad. <laughs> she didn't. No, she didn't. But yeah, I that was a that was a heart stopper for me. Um I did not love Dan's kind of as much as they did. I thought it looked kind of like one note. Well, the top, I didn't think it was very It looked like it came from Junior Bake Off. Right? And like the I decorations got it, the picture were not... up here like I understand that he was going kind of for an opera cake. Yeah, I like the raw edges. But it's still so sloppy. Like, how is that? Like, those are divoted. I don't know. I just was kind of unimpressed, and I feel like Paul's got a thing for Dan, and I don't understand it. <sighs> I feel like his biases are really obvious. Yeah. Like, he hated Rowan. He loves Tasha. He's He likes Dan. Yeah. Paul's not a guy who roots for the underdog. No. But also is willing to forgive way more than he should forgive, I feel like. Um, I don't know. Dan's, I, I, a lot of these came together. Did, I don't think anybody's like failed, right? Like Maddie's was pretty disappointing looking. Um, oh, right. Because he just like did not follow through. Well, even he was like, this is the part where you need to be an artist. And they commented like, it would have been better if you had cascading yeah, roses. Yeah, mm -hmm. versus them just like being little soldiers on top of your cake. Um, but as far as flavors go, um, I thought that Dana's sounded good, even though unfortunately none of her botanical flavors came through. I also thought Christie's with the strawberry and the rhubarb, um, elderflower, and then the basil. I thought that sounded really beautiful paired with the white chocolate. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is. Um, I I wanted Maddie's to be better in flavor, like the blackberry and elderflower. Oh, yeah. Because that also seems like a really good flavor combination to me. Like I, and I'm not a fan of fruit, but that, that I would eat. But mm -hmm. they said that just didn't, didn't come through. Um. Oh, I also love Saku's use of Earl Grey. Yeah, I love I Earl really Grey smart. tea. Earl Grey tea and scones is maybe one of the best things I've ever had. So I was excited that she did that. But also then paired with like the ginger biscuit. Yeah, and then Paul 
said that he could taste nothing. Not a single thing. Like, Paul, I don't know at this point if I trust your, like, <laughs> taste buds. Really? Nothing? Are you exaggerating? I feel like that all always follows Prue being like, it's delicious, and Paul just being like, I can't taste anything. Yeah. <laughs> Part of me just would really like to see a new judge come in and just have Paul go. Unfortunately, I feel like he is the brand, though. Yeah, like, at this point. But no. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They should I, bring in a third judge. Yeah. And then they could side with Brewer Paul and we'd get a better sense of what things actually tasted like. Or like, do you ever watch um, MasterChef? No, should I? I mean, I don't know. It, it depends on if you're in a Gordon Ramsay mood. But I feel like the for a while they had a female pastry chef on there and I felt like she was always a little bit more judging like plating and style. So what if they brought in like a pastry chef or someone who was like, all like obviously judging the textures and flavors, but also, you know, they know how to make something look so supremely beautiful that that they're kind of judging from that angle. And then I guess Paul can be like the bake and Prue can be the emotional support. <laughs> right. Just team everybody. But I think it would create a little bit more of a balance because right now I do think that as much as I love Prue, she kind of just gets stomped out by Paul's assertiveness. Yeah. Mary Berry really kept Paul in line. Yeah. And I think that they were w way more balanced as well a team. matched. Yeah. And Prue is a little more passive in that. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I mean, I love Prue. I want to drink with Prue. I want to eat cake with Prue. Yes. Could you imagine? I want to share a closet with Prue. Yeah. That's I want to go shopping with Prue. <laughs> yeah. Prue's my goal when I hit. My 60s, 70s, just ugh, so good. But I kind of wish she would, and every once in a while she does, like when Paul really stamped on Rowan and she was like, if we had a piece of this at your house, it'd be delicious. I feel like she tries to like be like, no, this is really good, even if it's a mess. I don't remember stuff very well. And I remember Paul's response to that would be, was like, I'd cut and run. Yeah, and Rowan was like, well, maybe you're not invited. Uh. <laughs> God bless Rowan for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul's just really full of himself these days. Need him to tone it down a notch. I think that would be helpful. Yeah, and have we ever seen Paul bake? I mean, I'm sure he's. Oh, actually, it's very fun. Um, have you watched Masterclass on Netflix? No. It is old school uh, Great British Bake Off, but Mary Berry and Paul, uh, I believe they bake all of the technical challenges, or not all of them, but a lot of the technical challenges that have wound up on the show in the earlier seasons, kind of around the theme of like the holidays. So it's a very fun show to watch right now if you really want to get into the nuance of the bakes. Oh, cool. And so you do see Paul bake and talk about things, but Mary Berry still gives him mad shit, which is awesome. See, I feel like he just needs that to balance out his ego a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, any more shout outs to the uh, the um, showstoppers? No. Yeah. Good for Josh this week. He finally got one. He did. Well earned. And then RIP Dana. Man, I will say, I mean, Jess was saying how much she liked this episode. And I said, I did too. Like, I really liked the botanical theme and that challenge. But I really missed Nikki and Rowan this week. Like, 
I immediately felt like the tent was less fun. I concur. I was excited about the bakes and the theme, but yeah, the overall feel in the tent is not. And now we've lost Dana. It's like, I guess, you know, the quieter people. Well, we've got <laughs> Saku. Bakers. She's going to hold I know, on. but how is she still there? Even she was like, I'm done. I'm definitely leaving. And Dana just managed to be slightly worse, I guess. I know. Saku's just there by the skin of her teeth. And she like, knows it, too. Yeah, she does. She really <laughs> does. Um, I love that. She's, uh, hopefully she just gets her second wind and really carries forward till the end. Should we go to Mexico? Let's go to Mexico. Man, this season is mess, mess, mess on top of mess. It's and hard I, to keep track of all the messes, to be honest. It really is. Um, you had mentioned that you were having a little bit of a hard time remembering the episodes, and me too. And it's because, honestly, it's just like one big blur of everybody <laughs> dating everybody. Which is fabulous television. It just makes it slightly harder to talk about. It does. Um, I was excited to see Genevieve. Down oh, yeah. On the beach. I love Genevieve. That was great. I'm glad she pulled Blake. Yeah, that was that was good. And I'm glad Blake went and I'm glad that he had the attitude that he had. He was maybe a little too excited about Genevieve, but like only because we know that he was in love with uh, Claire. He was in love with Tasha. He was in yeah, love with he's Katie. He's quick to fall in love. So like, but also Genevieve is really lovely. So I'm glad that like she seems smitten. Well, I also think it was nice for him after he basically admitted to Jess, like, I don't feel like you're excited about what we're doing here on the beach. And I it feels nice to be, like, chosen by somebody. Yeah. And I think that's a total valid feeling. While I totally understand Jess's, uh, she was a little torn, right? I think she knew that the conversation they had was going to leave Blake to go on the date. But at the same time, I felt like she kind of wanted her cake and be able to eat it too. But then we don't feel too bad for her for very long because... Holy shit, she makes out with Tyler. She makes out with Tyler. Which, did they even show Mercedes' reaction to that? I feel like they didn't. No. Did no one witness it? Like, I, I guess not. I or felt maybe like that should have been kind of a big deal. Huge deal. But Mercedes did make out with John Henry. And she chose to do that. Oh, was that at Truth or Dare? Yeah. So I think Tyler might have kind of been like, well, you know, if we're just making out with people, Jess has been on the list. Yeah. So Jess wasn't sad for too long. We'll just say that. I don't know if Tyler has grown enough for me to feel too differently about him. But no, if he, I don't feel differently you don't. about him. Okay, that's totally fair. <laughs> If he could get his shit together. I just feel like he's immature. Yeah. But at the same time, I do feel like he's a little closer to maybe where Jess is at than where Blake was. So I feel like in some ways, they make more sense to me than Blake and Jess. I think that's a really good observation. Did you notice during the scene where they were showing Jess and Tyler kissing and then Blake and Genevieve kissing that they Mm. were playing like a pop song? Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? Because I usually don't do that. I know. The music is so weird sometimes. Like, how do they get permission for some things and not others? And then also, I don't know if anybody has paid attention to this. Sometimes there are the most dramatic scores accompanying these really supposedly heartbreaking scenes. Like, 
the music is is pretty good. Well, I think that the pop song is them trying to inch their way towards being more like modern reality TV <gasps> on Netflix. Oh, you know what I mean? I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we start like hearing more of that on The Bachelor. I'm here for it. Yeah. Give me good music. It was just fun music. I was like, whoa, this is not The Bachelor. <laughs> it was also a very produced story segment. Like yes. the fading in and out of the two of them experiencing making out with different people. Yeah. It was dramatic. Yeah. They really ate that up. Yeah, they did. Um, that was wild. Here for it. Um, what else did what stuck out to you this episode? Let's talk about Kat going in for John Henry. Oh yeah. Listen. I you said you had a hot take. I about do, this. I do I'm have a hot take. It. Okay. I don't know. I hope it's not too hot, but like I kind of feel like everybody is just piling all their shit onto Kat and like all the internalized misogyny and actual misogyny is just getting pushed on her. And it's not to say that like Kat is an innocent bystander, but I do feel like she is taking on way more uh than she should like and I really hated the way Olivia was, I guess, giving John Henry an out and being like, well, he doesn't know. And da, 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 da. and Kat's a vicious bitch and she's going for it and she knows exactly what she's doing. And it's just like, okay, but like, let's give the guys some agency too. At any point, if John Henry were that into you, he could also just not be. Yes playing into Kat where it's so obvious what Kat's doing. She's not even trying to be coy about it. And like props to Kat, honestly, for being straightforward. I feel like if that's how she wants to play it, she's not there to make friends, right? Like you're there to find somebody you want to be with. So man, if that's how Kat wants to go, she can. I agree with you in the fact that John Henry is not an innocent bystander. Like he is... He knows what's going on. He, and he admitted like he's open to meeting and talking to other people. And so it's easier for Olivia to take her issues out on Kat than it is to, to face the fact that maybe John Henry isn't that into her. Yeah. I will say on the other side of this, I was really unimpressed with how Kat handled the Tanner situation. Um, oh, in what ways? I just hated that she used the words, I'm better than him. Because I think that the, uh, that just takes you to a really low level if you have to literally say that you think you are better than someone. Also, I just fair. and then when she goes to the girls and she's like, you know, he thinks that this was his choice, but like, ah, like this is my choice, and like I broke up with him. It just really brought her to like a really immature place, and it was. For me, it was like a really cringy ick moment. And I honestly, it was just the choice of words of, of her like reiterating multiple times that she was better than him when it's like, you know, like you were hurt by him. That's totally fair. I would have been hurt by him too. But like, I don't, you don't, like you're, you're not like better than someone. I, I agree with that. But it also made me laugh that when Kat was calling them out for being fuck boys, they're like, we're not fuck boys. But like, you guys kind of are. And that's okay. Like, also, that is the point of the beach. Yeah. you're So like, one, I need you to accept it, that that is in fact what you are doing. And that is how you are presenting yourselves. And like, yeah, Kat, nobody ever needs to do that. Especially because again, 
We're on the beach. This is the name of the game. And so, yeah, I think it's fine for her to assert that she broke up with him, but you're right. Like, Tanner's not the end all be all evil dude. Like, you, he, you know, I felt like he tried to handle that hard conversation the best he could, you know, like, whatever. I, I think that the way he handled her birthday was unfortunate, but I feel like he knew she was pissed. He knew that she was like not going to be easy to have that conversation with. And I honestly felt like he said some really hard things the best way he could. And I, I just was like, Kat, like, no. <laughs> yeah, Kat sometimes just needs to learn when to just kind of – Keep it, keep it on the DL. Just maybe don't say as much. And, like, save that for, like, your close girlfriends. Like, lose your shit. Yes. In private. Share it with your, share it with your closest girlfriends. Be your ugliest self with the people you can trust the most. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's fair to be ugly. And it's fair to need to assert those things to feel better about yourself. But maybe not on national television. Also, when she was upset with Olivia for being territorial with John Henry, it's like, well, yeah. Fucking duh. <laughs> did you think that she was just going to like silently let you come come in on her man? Or what did what did Brayden say? She's homie hopping. <laughs> I hate that because like what the fuck did Brayden just turn around and do? Yeah. Homie hopped. <laughs> homie hopped right over to Becca. Totally. I, like, just, I just love that homie hop hopping. term. Yeah. Brayden is having a good time. Too good. Yeah, we. I guess that's an. I will like really quick before we transition to that. Um, I don't want to make fun of a nervous tick, and I think Cat playing with her hair is a nervous tick. But it is so distracting to me. When like, Olivia was like <laughs> making fun of her for that, I was like, oh yeah, that's accurate. Like <laughs> anytime, and I can tell it's usually when she's worked up. Mm-hmm. When she's less worked up, she's not playing with her hair. But when she's like set off by something. She cannot stop touching her hair. And it's like all I can pay attention to in her ITMs. Yeah, I feel that. I notice that I have a nervous tick of sniffing. Like right before I'm going to say something difficult. And oh, it, wow. I, I don't know. know if I've ever paid attention to that. It's driving me bananas. I've been trying to like post some stuff to Instagram. But every time I watch my videos, I'm like, I know when my sniffs happen that that's like a point that I need to focus on a little more and educate myself better. And it's like, oh yeah, nervous ticks, man. And it's so dumb because I'm like, I don't need to be sniffing. Why am I sniffing? So relatable. I get it. And yeah. My nervous tick is that, and nobody can see it. So um, I chew my tongue. Oh, do you? Yeah. And so anytime I go to the dentist, they're like, oh, you chew your tongue. And But the thing is, is I don't even realize I'm doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't know that I was doing it if I wasn't being somebody who decided that their face needed to be on Instagram. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It also makes me worked up and nervous. So I get it. I get it, Kat. But yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Those stupid ticks. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the Brayden and Rachel of it all. Oh, I like, I have so many feelings about this again and I feel like I have to keep saying it and maybe I don't but with the caveat of like this is paradise it's this paradise this is what you're supposed to be doing and I don't ever I still don't get the sense with Rachel and Brayden that like Rachel was madly in love yeah I think it was really fun and yes. I think it makes sense to me that Brayden 
viewed it that way, but my heart also really hurts for Rachel and yeah. I think she handled it well. But I also think she, I like, I totally a thousand percent understand where she's coming from. I think this is a case of two things can be true. Yeah. I see both sides of it. I, oh man, the part that bummed me out the most was when he went to talk to her about going on the date. Mm. She was just like, she, she did the cool girl thing where she was like, oh yeah, totally fine. Like, blah, blah, blah. And she kind of just brushed it off like it was n- not a thing at all. Mm-hmm. And then in her ITM, she was like, he has not hung out with me all morning. Like, we just had the best date. Like, la, 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 la. And I was like, I mean, I knew that she wasn't going to tell him not to go on the date because they weren't that far in their relationship. But I was like, Rachel, like, why didn't you communicate some of that? Like, hey, we had like a great date yesterday. And I totally understand you're going to go. But I just want to let you know that I really... Like yeah. enjoyed our time together or something. It, Women do this thing where they like dumb down their emotions and that's not helping anybody. <laughs> no, don't be the cool girl. You want to be- not cool. No. <laughs> and this is a good time to say, you want to be like other girls. Be a girl's girl. Like have those emotions. Be, be Communicate that. That's perfect. Like, hey, I understand you're going to go. And that's what we're here for. But I also want you to know that I feel a good connection. Like I, if given the opportunity, would like to explore that more. Yeah, just like leave that in his ear because you have no idea how the date's going to go. Obviously, it looks like Brayden and Becca kind of hit it off. But, you know, I think shoot your shot. Yes. <laughs> Dude, Paradise, I was actually thinking about this watching this scene. I was like, this is this is hard because... I do actually think that Rachel and Brayden could have something really fun and a good connection, but I also could see that being something that takes a little more time to grow. Yeah. You know, and then Becca comes in and her and Brayden just had like fucking chemistry. So like, much chemistry. It was hot. They were, they were into each other, but that kind of stuff can be really great. And that can be the start of a beautiful relationship. But also, I think we've all experienced that where it's like hot and heavy really fast and then it flames out. But also, if it's not substantial, another guy comes down the beach, she goes to him. Right. And so it's also kind of a bummer. I think the show capitalizes on those hot and heavy moments without and and it not without, but it's hard for people to also see the other side of like maybe you don't want something like that. That, that. Something that takes a little longer so that you're not so easily swayed away from potential partners. Yeah. So I feel like Brayden, maybe, I don't know if he made a mistake. I hope not. I hope he's happy. I hope this works out. But also I do feel like he was a little too quick to dismiss what he had with Rachel. Yeah, I I feel that and I see that. And also I was like excited about the potential of them kind of having like a fling together. Well, because she seemed so fun yeah. with him around. So like, fun. That was awesome to see her bring her walls down and come out of her shell and be Rachel without trying to be the best bachelorette. You know, like that was really fun to witness. And I know that's not on Brayden to like bring that out, but it was still just like, it seemed like they had a good connection. No, and- I think the fact that he was able to bring that side out of Rachel on TV like says something about their date and that experience and their connection. Absolutely. So that's a bummer. Yeah. Becca's um, also gorgeous. I know. Seems like she's I'm kind really of in- like, what the fuck is up with them bringing people down who were 
who went home night one. Like, yeah, like I'm not invested in these people. Yeah, I I feel bad, but like I don't I don't give a shit about Becca. Well, now so we have Becca, um, Pilot Pete, uh, Sam that went home for not being able to poop, and I think Olivia went home night one. Olivia did go home night which one. Which Olivia's been adding a lot, so I I hesitate to put her in that category. But I'm saying this is the first season of Paradise they have brought this in this many people who we do not remember. Yeah, it's a. It kind of feels like a blessing and a curse because like we've talked about, I think we're both not like too invested in anybody. I'm sort of willing to just watch it all play out and yeah. not feel too too heavily one way or the other. That's fair. Um, I mean, Sam from Canada, but I like that they're bringing in someone from, you know, an international bachelor scene. Yeah. Except for the fact that like dating somebody in another country is probably yeah, pretty fucking sure. brutal. So what are we doing? Um, like that hot guy from Australia last oh, yeah. season, but like nobody was nobody gonna go for that. For and I get it. Australia is a lot different than Canada. I was gonna say to at least fair. it's like more adjacent, <laughs> connected. You can drive there. Um, what else happened? Um, oh, the the Aaron and Eliza. Whoa, yeah. You and I did not have great vibes from Aaron in charity season. Mm-mm. And this, you know, I'm up for a good Paradise Redemption. I have not thought negatively about Shanae since Paradise. And she was a monster on Clayton's season. And, you know, I feel like um, Braden's coming down here, turning over a new leaf. I'm here for it. Aaron's still just his like, I'm open to it. And Aaron's not winning me over at all. Yeah, same. I am not picking up what he's throwing down. I don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's friends with Aaron. Um, I don't know his last name. But Aaron, who has best friends with James, who has been on the last oh, two yeah. seasons of Paradise, is friends with this Aaron. Yeah. So which, it's like troubled Aaron squared. That is it exactly. And Aaron is very, Aaron Clancy is very, very funny. For yeah. all the wrong reasons. He's great television, but you do not want to date him. Yeah, toxic partner, great TV. Absolutely. Um, he was trying to convince everybody last season on the beach that the rats are like teenage mutant ninja turtling it and killing pigeons in New York. Um, <laughs> and his explanation of it was so funny. I could not. But Wasn't anyway. Wasn't he also arguing with Genevieve about itching, itching being pink? Being pink? <laughs> yeah. Different sensations proven scientifically. So moving on. Like full out. Like screaming. Fight. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> also, Aaron. Aaron is sketchy. And I, I will admit Kat's timing is a little off. But yeah, I think little we, sus. We've talked about it. Kat is sort of thoughtless in a lot of ways. And in some ways, it makes total sense to me that she would just be like, oh, Eliza. And like a little light bulb would go off and she would just share this and it be true and also the worst timing and the worst delivery. Um, But I believe it because then when Eliza goes to talk to Aaron about Charity's warning – and she's going to talk to Aaron about one girlfriend. Oh, God. This turns into two girlfriends and, and very vague timelines. timelines and accusations of, well, she didn't talk to me or, it, you know, we we were on a break or that. It was so weird. It just was like, my guy, you're clearly trying to like 
skirt the important parts. Yeah, and then she walked out the, <laughs> the other side of that conversation being like, wait, what? 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 Yeah, she was even more confused. Like, that's not a good situation. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, especially because Aaron has shown himself to be, like, Aaron doesn't, like, strike me as somebody who's got communication issues. He's not shown that across the board. So for him to have this, like, weirdly vague conversation, just, that's, that's We a know that flag. he's a jealous ex-boyfriend. Yeah. We know he's territorial. We know... He felt like he had to protect Charity. Um, I just felt like he kind of exhibited some qualities that's like, I don't, like, you don't need to protect her. Charity is capable. Charity can handle this situation. Yeah, and we give her the benefit of the doubt of being able to, like, handle her shit. For sure. And we've talked about it. I think there are instances on the show where it does make sense to, like, inform the lead of something. All this shit was not it. And yeah, it came from a place of like, this is just yeah, possessiveness. Yeah. And it's, then when he was like, I don't want anyone to sample my Eliza charcuterie. It's like, I don't even know what that means, but I hate all of it. Yeah. Women are not charcuterie. Get out of here. <laughs> I, um, yeah. So charity coming down, I was really worried that I was not going to know the conclusion to this, but then in the preview, they just like concluded it for me. And charity's like, yeah, man steer clear well do we know if eliza steers clear though no idea i mean i <laughs> i'll be honest i was just really worried for cat i'm like damn it cat you're in another pickle <laughs> and this is your fault and like you better not have gotten this one wrong because i don't think these people are going to forgive you That's like fair. everybody's out for blood and it will be yours if you are speaking ill of aaron and eliza so I'm glad that Charity gave me the confirmation that I needed, but I do wonder what Eliza is going to do. I loved Olivia's comparison of like, Kat's going down, so she's just taking everyone down with her. <laughs> like, it's like, well, maybe. I did not pick that up from Kat, but I understand how that's Olivia's experience of this. A thousand percent. I get it, Olivia. Also, I'm just going to pitch this because I think it would be, it's never going to happen, but I think it would be so much fun. Olivia being the bachelorette. <gasps> yes. I just feel like she's so fun to just listen to. And I love her hot takes. And I love her. I don't know if she's mature enough or ready to be the bachelorette. But I just think that would be a hilarious season. I concur. <laughs> um, 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 Anything else? No, I think that's it. We didn't have a rose ceremony, right? No. We're, okay. That's probably going to be the start of this episode. This week. Um, okay, so Jess said she's not caught up on Golden Bachelor. Yeah. Which is fine. I I didn't realize that I had back I mean, I did realize back to back work things, but I just like now work has actually slowed down a little bit. So now from this point forward I will get caught up, but otherwise. But I've been watching passively and I did send Jess a message that was like, Holy shit, this is getting so serious. Like watching these women get broken up with has been so much harder for me to watch than any of the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings. Well, why do you think that is? Like, what are you experiencing as you're watching this? I just feel like we're dealing with an entire different layer of investment of like, I have been married. I have lost my partner. I have children. I have a family. Like, this is 
there is so much more at stake for this relationship. And also, these women know what they're looking for. They they know who they are. They they've experienced their life. And I I just want to say that also some of the conversations they're having with Gary and the the language they're using is an entirely different ball game than you know, some of the DTRs we see on The Bachelor. It's like, holy shit, this is, this is a lot. Yeah, you've got more mature people with life experience rather than, you know, at 23 telling you they've, they've had the hardest time of their life finding their life partner. It's like, okay, but like, yeah, I think some of the conversations that I've heard of losing their partners and looking for love again, it, yeah, it feels, I believe them. It feels like more of these people are here looking for love and this is an opportunity to find it. And there probably is a real serious feeling of like what happens after this if this isn't it. Well, and I'm going to spoil something for Jess here. And she said she doesn't care yeah. because I, I love Jess spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> but Faith is one of the women at Hometowns and Gary goes and visits her at her farm. And I don't remember where her farm is, but she says like, I'm not going to move. Like, my horses are buried here. Like, this is this is where I have built my life. And then you have to think about, oh, yeah. How, how do people in their 60s and 70s combine lives versus people in their 20s who are, you know, just getting out of college, haven't established a career? You know, they're, it's an entirely different place in your oh, life God, to all of a sudden, a- like, is Gary going to move to be with Faith? Can these women uproot from their lives when they have children and grandchildren that might be like living in the same city as them? Well, and this might have been touched on in the episodes, but I do wonder Gary's attachment to the house. I mean, on the one hand, that was the house that his wife wanted. It was her retirement dream. Part of me feels like that would be really hard to walk away from because in a sense, that's like a piece of her or something to remember her by. And on the flip side, I could see being like, well, this was her dream, not mine. And without her... Like maybe, maybe this, this house is her. Yeah. You know, so maybe this is like something that I will have to give up or walk away from or that, you know, I don't know. Um, but or maybe that, his kids could buy the house and it could be like a vacation home. Yeah. I but that's, that's really hard and heavy stuff. That's, I don't, that's not, that's not, yeah, it's way different than when you're in your 20s, even your 30s when you're still trying to get established. That's, also, I'm going to tell you right now, Gary told two of the women he loved them during hometowns. Damn it, Gary. <laughs> we know not to do this. I don't know if Gary knew. <laughs> Gary. It just, I, it just seems so, I will say it's so much more stressful than watching a normal season of The Bachelor or Bachelorette. And I think it's just because these people are more earnest. They are more in tune with who they are and what they want. They are more settled in their lives. They have faced loss. Like, it's just a lot. Well, there's a very real possibility. Solomon and I talk about this a lot because we've been in a lot of uh, marriage counseling, marriage like therapy. Um, and I think really it boils down to, in a relationship, like, are people willing to work on it? And I think that there are a lot of people out there that you could connect with if the two of you cared enough to work on something together. And I suspect that when people get to that age and recognize that too, it's like, I think for all of these women and for Gary, there's potential with every single one of them. Yeah. Like there is putting it. There is legitimately the possibility there. Whereas when you're younger, 
it, it can be a little different. It's a little harder to decide, like, I don't know, maybe you can't make it work with that person and you wouldn't be ready to work with that person. But it feels like everybody is in a position where they're really willing to put their best foot forward to work on things. And so, yeah, it's a lot sadder when things don't work out. Yeah. Well, Gary, in the last episode that I watched, Gary talked about how he developed friendships with all of these women. And I thought that was so tender and so sweet and something that we don't often see. Like for the bachelorette or bachelor, it's these are exes now. And to Gary, they were friends. And I thought that was very sweet and very genuine and also something hard to like let a friend down. There's also this moment. It's the last rose ceremony in Bachelor Mansion. And then they're going to start doing hometowns and stuff. But the women who are left, they are sitting around the couches in their cocktail dresses. And they just have this moment where they were like, this is our last night in the mansion. and. I don't know. I just could tell how much those women cared about each other in such a different way than the yeah. women who who are on the younger seasons. And I think that there's such a calm confidence with like who you are that age. You're like I'm sure you are threatened by other women to some extent, but I also think it enables them to have such like deeper relationships with each other because they're so in tune with who they are. Yeah, it's a lot easier to form those connections and friendships. Yeah, I don't know. So it's just like a heavy season, man. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I'm looking forward to catching up. I could use a good cry, so. Well, you'll get it. Perfect. <laughs> Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, I think that's it. It was very fun to talk to you today. Yeah. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumba. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who has downloaded and listened to us. We are so, so grateful for your support. Thank you.